Hey, it's Taylor, and welcome back to Beyond Basketball, where we apply the deep game principles not only to basketball, but to your overall growth and development and your life as a whole. And so if you're into this type of material, make sure that you hit the link in the description where we have a special gift for you that I'll explain more about at the end of this clip. Enjoy. What does every great character have in common? There's a couple things. Every great movie character you've ever noticed. Flaws and imperfections, right? The most boring characters are the perfect ones. Even Superman had kryptonite, and Superman wasn't nearly as interesting, in my opinion anyway, than like, um, yeah, Batman. Tony Stark is another one. These are flawed characters, and so paradoxically, um, one of the best examples of this is in the show Californication. Has anybody ever watched this? Hank Moody. It's like an incredible demonstration of this, but he's like deeply flawed and also completely comfortable with himself and aware of his flaws and the effect that they have on other people. <laughs> um, so paradoxically, it's by embracing the imperfect aspects of your character that you integrate them and heal them so they're no longer a problem. Um, two other things all great characters it's have. Adversity and they overcome them. Overcoming adversity, so they evolve. The story that yeah, evolved. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like Wabi-Sabi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wabi-Sabi, perfectly imperfect. Because perfect is just an idea. <laughs> it's totally subjective and imagined, you know. What's perfect to one person is just something else to another person. It's perfect as an idea we made up. So you could see your perfect character as flaws and all. (laughs) Perfect character. We spoke about Marvel characters. Like one of Marvel's great pieces of genius is creating flawed characters. And (laughs) a number of years ago, I was in Maui on the beach with a teacher of mine, Mountain, and we're doing this standing Qigong practice. And halfway through, I, I don't know what like brought him to say this, but I think he was just like working with an idea. And he said, all of this work starts with realizing you're a terrible person. <laughs> all of this work starts with realizing you're a terrible person. Start there. And that everybody is terrible. Not terrible in an ultimate sense, but we all have a whole bunch of crap inside us that we don't like looking at. We all have flaws and imperfections and the faster you look at those things as they are, not as you think they should be and just accept them as we were talking about last night, Andy, right? It's, there's so much energy that we spend trying to hide the parts of ourselves that we don't like from the world or that we think that the world won't like. Um, the squiggly tree story we're all familiar with. That tree in the forest by my house that goes up and then it like reverses back down and then goes back up. It's a, that's a flawed tree <laughs> from one perspective and it's also the one tree that I see every single time I walk down that path. It's the imperfections and the quirks and those qualities that number one, make us human but make us relatable to each other because everybody is terrible in their own way. <laughs> everybody's terrible in their own way. 
in any one of us, given the right environment, could turn red, like instantly. We could all turn red instantly, you know? That's inside of us. And I think there's a, I think this is like a Jordan Peterson saying, something along the lines of, be a monster, be a monster, and do you, do you know exactly how he says it? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, be dangerous, be a monster that can control itself. You should be dangerous. And integrating those parts, like this is called in Jungian psychology, it's shadow work. Shadow is a term most people are familiar with. It's those dark aspects of ourselves we never look at and we ignore and we don't want to like think are there. That's actually that's actually using up a whole bunch of energy that could be expressed through our personality. And the people that are most comfortable with themselves are those that just look at those imperfections and those flaws and completely accept them because everybody's terrible. <laughs> right? Um, so lean into them, not away from them. It's the quirks that create uniqueness and so on and so forth. There's definitely, like for me, there's a cranky old man inside me that I'm very familiar with and very comfortable with. Like, I, I love that guy. And I, I was in Encinitas last year, which is very, like, green community, very um, constantly psychoanalyzing and therapizing each other. And uh, a friend of mine calls it Cuddle Town. It's very new agey, very, like, self-help. And so I'm having this conversation with this girl and I just made a cranky old man comment. I thought it was hilarious. And she was like, so where did that comment come from? <laughs> and I was like, yo, don't try to fix my cranky old man. Like that, that's one of my favorite parts of myself, <laughs> you know? And at the same time, I could like view that as wrong or bad, you know? And I get so much enjoyment from that aspect of my personality. So there are different perspectives you can take to the parts of yourself that maybe have been kept in the shadows. Um, you know, if you guys haven't noticed, I'm rather abnormal. Yeah? I lean all the way into that. Because if I lose that, then I lose, like, what I uniquely am. Go ahead. How do you balance that with, like... Not using that as an excuse not to like better yourself in certain ways. Like how, let's say, I don't know, for example, that crankiness. Maybe in certain situations it's like really detrimental. How can you like balance that? The stuff that's in the shadow and kept in the shadow holds the power over us in those situations. So that's why if you know that you're dangerous but you can control it, you hold the power. The monster that's in the dark has power over you because you don't know where it is and when it might leap out. If you turn on the lights, the monster's no longer scary after a while. You look at that thing, you get used to it, and then, you know, have them make your coffee in the morning. <laughs> no big deal. Um, so paradoxically, it's by embracing and integrating those parts of us that are, again, in the shadow, that we become better, so to speak. <laughs> that we become better. There's a Ram Dass talk, old Ram Dass talk, he made this comment that, all of the enlightened saints and sages are just as 
neurotic and crazy as anybody else. They just don't care. And that's kind of the truth. Go ahead. Can meditation, because I know Ramna spoke about it a lot, that he did so much spiritual practice, but his neurosis stayed the same. But if you do meditation, it kind of can help you with neurosis, right? Or is it something mm -hmm. that just can't have, some shadow that cannot be like dissolved at all? Both things are true. So inner dissolving will solve a lot of things. And then there are bedrock aspects of ourselves. Like we do become purified, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to become this image of ourself as perfect as we see it now. It's more a matter of like accepting and integrating those parts that cause the neuroses so that the neuroses kind of go away on their own. Um, so I think the, well, yeah, the last thing I'll say before we get into an exercise is get to know yourself as you are rather than as you think you should be. Get to know yourself as you actually are. like flaws and all. And that's a big piece of Kyle, as you were saying, like the becoming who you are, helping people become who they are. There's a whole bunch of stuff inside people that they don't like to look at and others don't like to look at either. So it's, again, live clean, get dirty. <laughs> is that live clean, play dirty? How did you say that? Live clean, get dirty. Live clean, get dirty. This is the dirty. This is the dirty. Go ahead. Assuming it's something, if you grow, you can change. Like, where do you draw the line between fixing this imperfection that can be fixed, or just accepting it? You know what I'm saying? Accepting it fixes it. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what I mean by like changing it. Though, like if you're, if you really hate that, like. You're Loki an asshole. You accept that. Don't be an asshole. And then you stop being an asshole. But it's like, no, like naturally I'm kind of a dick. <laughs> so do you think if you were trying to repress the asshole aspect of yourself, your like natural personality would come out? Yes. If you were repressing Probably the not. asshole? No. It, you would be stifled, right, in a way? Yeah. If you fully, like kind of with a twinkle in your eye, had like this little kind of playful asshole nature, which you do, <laughs> as do I, you know, and many of us do. I think, again, that's the cranky old man. Like, I love that guy. Like, that's the most, that's, I, ha I enjoy our conversations more <laughs> because of that, not less. So it depends on number one, what you define as a problem that needs to be fixed. To me, that's not a problem that needs to be fixed. It's more an aspect that needs to be integrated. And you integrated it by, you integrate it by bringing it into the, into the light. That doesn't mean just run rampant being an asshole, of course. It means like feeling that side of yourself and getting normalized with it so that it can be integrated in a, in a healthy way. I like a little, like somebody that's just like way too nice, to me, I, I can't trust them. <laughs> I can't trust them. It's like the back and forth. That's fun for me personally, you know. Um, 
I don't know if that answers it, but no, that makes sense. yeah. And I think also it, it becomes clearer as you do the process. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to experience when you fully embrace this thing that you were so afraid of, it begins to change. It's the same phenomena in quantum physics we talked about in meditation and dissolving. When you put your awareness on something, it changes. And that like asshole in the dark is different in the light. It's just different. And you have to go into the dark and turn the lights on to see that difference and to watch it change. So it's not going to be the same as you think it will be. It's going to be, you know, better, more clever, more natural, more easygoing, and also more able to rein itself in when it's inappropriate. Make sense? Hey, it's Taylor. If you enjoy this type of beyond basketball material, then I'd like to share something with you. So for the last few months, I've been writing a daily email newsletter for a small group of our deep game students who are interested in applying these principles beyond basketball to life as a whole. So we discuss things like finding your path in life, your purpose, even uh, advanced meditation and spiritual practice, love and relationships, building modern businesses, and generally speaking, the path to self-mastery. And so if you'd like to join that email list, then there's a link in the description and you'll be able to sign up for that list. And not only that, but when you sign up, I'll give you a 90 minute talk from our deep game retreat last summer where I shared for the first time ever the ninth law of the deep game. This is some of my favorite material that I've ever released. And if you like this type of talk, then you're really, really going to love what you see in these daily emails. And of course, in the ninth law session. So head over to the link in the description and I will see you over there.